trust you are doing well on this wonderful Sunday morning. Are you doing well? We, we had a wonderful time this week of fasting and prayer. And there were so many confirmations, so many different directions in which God was speaking to us all. And we had such a, um, can I say, sense of God is listening, that His ear is open unto our prayers, and that He's hearing everything that we are saying and speaking unto Him. He does say in His Word that if we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us, and we have the things that we ask or petition of Him. And we are 100% sure that, that the fast of this week and what we were fasting for was the will of God. Um, as I mentioned in the week, but for the sake of those that were not there when I mentioned it, before we fasted the Lord, we prayed, I prayed, and I asked the Lord, what is it that we should fast about? There is so many things that comes to one's mind when you want to fast and ask. And sometimes we have so many things on our plate, this plate, this heart of ours, that we would desire to ask. And, But I know that we need to hear from the Lord and be in sync with Him. And I heard the Lord say, we must pray for an aggressive advancement. And, and I had the impression that we should follow our Father in the faith in Santon. We should follow them as they are also fasting for a week. And I asked my wife to also pray. But I didn't tell her what I heard, knowing that I've already heard. And her words were, we should pray for an aggressive advancement. And Thamudem is also doing it, so feel we should follow them. The exact same impression, words, etc. And you know, sometimes when we can pray for an aggressive advancement, the way the Lord answers you is sometimes different to what you expect. But what he is speaking is an answer to what you desire. And so we felt this week the Lord had called us to, you know, to repentance, to consider our ways. We're speaking to our hearts and just asking us to, to search our hearts and to allow the Holy Spirit to enable us to search our own hearts. And so we had time of weeping, crying, repenting searching and speaking and then we've also had promises and things that God was also sharing so he was speaking he was speaking in the manner of as you see in the book of revelation where he comes to a church and he says I know your works I know what you do I know what you are all about I know what you stand for all of the above but I do have this against you 
And, and then he mentions what he has against them. And then he says, and if you repent, I will do this and this and this and this for you. This is the promises of what will happen. And so that was kind of the experience this week of the fast. And, and so basically, the Lord searching and calling us to repentance is Him answering our prayer to aggressive advancement. I think on Friday evening when we had our last gathering on, on prayer and praying together in the fast, the kingliness of Christ, His Lordship, and the confirmation, so many, many, many confirmations we've had this week as the Lord was speaking through you all, which was a wonderful experience. And he was, and he was just confirming. And all we, I ask you to do is simply to believe. Simply believe the speakings of the Lord and see how he would lead you in the advancement, in this aggressive advancement. So we thank the Lord that that our time of fasting was not a waste of our time. Amen? Well, I do hate fasting and nothing happens. Oh, it feels like such a waste of time and effort. And that's why and that's why I prefer to make sure that what we fast and pray about is on his agenda, is from his heart and is his will. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful that and I'm encouraged and we look forward to the days and, and the weeks and the months ahead to see how the Lord has answered our prayers, how he has heard us from his throne. Well, also... I sought the face of the Lord and praying through the week and I was hoping he would give me something different for today. (laughs) And I asked and I asked and there was just the impression continue with what I have given you to speak. So I am continuing with the churches of Macedonia. Amen. Say praise dear. <laughs> so, I'm going to continue speaking this. I have an extremely, how can I say this? I have a longing to bring the doctrine of Christ and to share that message. And sometimes I would like, Lord, can we not just, can I not just end this thing and finish off with it? And move to the doctrine of Christ. Because I know that the Lord wants me to speak on that. And we will do that. But every time I get to the sense I'm going to end this thing. Then I just feel no push to end. And I just come back. This is a word. The word of the Lord. In the book of Isaiah it says. The word of the Lord is line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. That is how the word of the Lord comes. So the word of the Lord is not only one Sunday. And so I have to choose every Sunday a different topic. So that we could say the Lord spoke. 
But the Lord will release a word that has to be broken down over many weeks. And every week, it's the word of the Lord that is being broken down, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. No one buys a loaf of bread and eats it up all at once. We eat it slice by slice. Amen? But we know that was the bread that we bought. Amen? (laughs) Right. So, so I hope we get to an end of this message. But regardless. So today I'm speaking of the churches of Macedonia. It's now half and I know when I can finish. So, as I said to you, as I said to you in the beginning, the churches of Macedonia, the Lord showed me was a template, an example, a model that we should follow. And in there are keys that, he, that we will discover. And these keys will help us to step and help us to move forward, which which we've already seen last year as we, as we began the crossover into understanding grace, understanding the different keys that were highlighted from the, the Macedonian church, the way that they gave themselves to the Lord, the way that they gave themselves to their leaders, the way they gave to each other, and the manner in which they walked with their leaders. And we, and we saw these things and in my own personal life as I applied them. I saw the own shift in my own life. And, and I, want us to, I want us to understand what the Lord is saying to us. And, and not just run through and pastor het gepreek, right? The manner in which we operate here is we, I do not bring a message to, to praise you or to glorify you or to and accept the Lord leads us, but that we would be instructed in the way of the Lord. Amen? So, the, the subheading for today one of the things that the Lord highlighted to me when he began to open this Macedonian churches is, is the financial support to the work of God or to leaders in the assignment that they had. Right? And so let's go to that well-known verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. So we've been on this topic of honor. And the Lord would want me to discuss this further. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberation.
reality. He wanted the Corinthian church to know of the grace of God that was seen in the life, in the lives of the churches of Macedonia. And if it was seen, it meant that it was at work in their lives. So in recent, in recent months, I more and more, it's growing inside of me, I'm beginning to understand that we receive so many things of the Lord. And when we receive them, we are unaware that we possess and have them. We have all received grace. Amen? We all received grace. We've all received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've all received our inheritance, sonship, that we are sons of God. And we have been made alive, we have been forgiven, we have inherited those things that God has promised to us through Abraham unto us, that through that we would have the righteousness of faith is our inheritance. That there would come a time when a people would no longer have their righteousness before the Lord by works, but by faith and receive the gift of righteousness. We have received those, that gift. We are those people. And when I say we, I'm not saying KGM. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. We have received gifts. But I've come to understand that while we have received things already, it might lie within us for so long and never be at work in our lives. And that is because we have not understood that the grace of God within me must be worked. Right? And it is worked by faith. I believe that I have received. And therefore, we speak. Paul says, we believe, therefore we speak. And we believe and we know that we have received, therefore we behave accordingly or in agreement. Our actions become in agreement with these things. So, the grace of God has to be worked. It has to be worked. And as I explained last year, the, the, the first time I spoke, which the subheading was grace. I woke up that morning with a download. My spirit was bubbling with the message. And we spoke on grace. And you know the, the, the famous words, work it baby. <laughs> right? Work what has been given to you. And so the grace of giving has to be worked. Right. So when we begin to understand that, then we begin to see. Just as if you have a talent, you are not working for the talent. You are working to develop and refine and to see it come forth so that you can benefit from that talent that is at work within you. So we've discovered many keys. They gave themselves to Christ. They received the word of the, the sent ones. They were givers of God's generosity. Stepped into the generosity of God. They imitated their leaders. They honored their leaders. Esteemed them very highly. And they, 
And then they also honored their leaders financially. And they honored the leaders financially and they supported the work of the Lord. So let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. So in this week we've been called to consider our ways to reflect upon the things that we are doing and to see how we can adjust ourselves. Here the scripture says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, the double honor, before we read on, the double honor is we are to honor, but then there is a double honor. And double honor is basically first Way of honoring is the manner in which we treat, submit, respect, show that respect to our leaders. That is an honor. There is no finances included in that honor. It is a way that we are to just treat and behave. Esteem them highly. Think of them highly for their works sake, for what they are doing. But the double is not only that, but now in the context here, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. And especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. I want you to know that spending time in the word for a leader and those who are called to preach and teach the word of God, it is a labor, right? It is a labor. I want to read to you the NIV version of 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verses 17. Let the elders who direct the affairs of the church well, oh sorry, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those, for, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Now we read verses 18, verses 18, which says, which says here, For the scripture says, do not muzzle the ox while it is treading out the grain. And I told you last that the ox is speaking about the worker, the laboring, a laboring animal. The ox is treading out the grain, he's working. And all of us, if you, if you are a farmer and you have animals that work for you, you will understand. If you don't feed your animals, and if they cannot work for you, you cannot get anything else out of them. Okay? And then he goes on to say, the worker deserves his wages and the laborer is worthy of his wages. Now, in the mind of God, this is the right of preachers, but it works differently than in the world system. In the world system, when you work, you know you have the right to, to, to receive your salary at the end of the month. And if you don't, you can call the union, go to the union, come up there, and if you have enough money, you can get a lawyer and do all the court cases that you want that you may receive 
the, the money and the wages, the revenue that's due unto you for your labor. In the kingdom of God, while we have a right, we do not enforce that right. And this is sometimes the challenge that, that we have because there is a manner in which we are to walk. And Paul often would say, I, though we have authority to receive, yet we have not used this authority. But nonetheless, we are to teach. Okay? We are to teach. We are to teach. We are to educate. All scripture is given by inspiration of the Spirit and is profitable for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness, right? For reproof, for correction, so that the people of God, the man of God, may be fully furnished for every good work. Are you all with me? So the scriptures are given for the instruction, and when the Lord leads, we teach. So my modus operandi is not to come on a Sunday and say, what shall I teach today? That is not my modus. My modus operandi is, Lord, what do you want me to say? And when I hear it, my message that I bring from the Lord is line upon line, precept upon precept. This is the word of the Lord for us. So it is, it is an expression of honor to ensure that those who labor are well taken care of. Because if we do not take care of them well, and my desire for this house is that we would move to a place where we would where we would now start to be able to release people, those who have the grace upon their lives, who you know they are able to open the word, bring the word, they are called to preach and teach, and they have been, they have been loyal and committed and faithful to the work that the Lord is doing, that we would be able to say, Leave your vocation. And that we would be able to equal that salary. Or go even beyond that. Amen? Right? And we have to understand that it is, it is what God has intended to happen in the church of Jesus Christ. And our, my desire is that we would move to that place. Now, you will not find me forcing you to give. No one finds me knocking on your door. We do not have servants here who knock on your door for your money. Amen? But we teach. We teach. And so, this is the first time for me to really do it in this manner. And, and so, let's, let's get into, into this message. It is an honor... That we express to ensure that leaders are well taken care of so that they do not have to worry themselves about their bread, how they're going to eat, how they're going to achieve this. Now, thankfully, thankfully I have, by the help of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the many challenges and difficulties that 
my wife and I have faced over the years financially, we have learned to trust the Lord. So, I do not have a problem trusting the Lord. But my goal is not simply, is not simply that, that we, would, we would have finances, but that we would advance. Okay, that we would move forward and that our, our progress would be evident in every area of our lives. That spiritually and physically, our progress would be seen. Amen? And so, when I bring a message like this, I am straightforward with you today. I bring this message so that we can increase financially. Because this is what the Lord has clearly let me know. And so that we also can advance personally. Okay? I take no joy in your struggle. But I have to do what I feel the Lord is saying. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 7. So I, I give clearly my intentions, which I have um, received from the Lord, clearly my intentions on speaking this message, so that there's no wonder, you don't have to wonder why his pastor speaking these things. Right. Now, in this verse, we will see that, that Paul says here, Did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge? I want to read the NIV version. Um, It says here in verses 7, Was it a sin for me to lower myself in order to elevate you by preaching the gospel of God to you free of charge? So the question here is, did Paul speak the gospel free of charge? Yes. He was someone who went along. There's no, there's no requirements. When we travel, we don't say to the churches that we travel, wherever we go. Um, and even though sometimes it might be challenging to, to travel and to do those things, we know the the Lord has spoken, the Lord has said we should go, and then we do, even though it may be challenging. But we then make it our rule that we do not ask them anything. If they ask us to come, we do not say, I want this accommodation, I want to live in this hotel, I want this kind of honorarium, I want 10,000 and nothing less, right? You know, Etc., etc. There's no requirements. We hear from the Lord, we go and we say, we come. Right? And, and that's the way that we operate. Even last year, I shared my testimony as I went to Malawi. And not having the finances, it cost at least 40,000 Namibian dollars to go to Malawi. We did not have the finances. It was not there. And the weekend before... So today is Sunday, it would be Wednesday, Tuesday I'm flying to Malawi, the Friday I went to Tumeb, 
knowing that I'm thinking to myself, how can I spend this money that I just received, spend this money and then I still need, I let me keep this money, this 10,000 that I received. Let me keep this 10,000 because I need 40 at least. Well, first stage is I just need to buy the ticket, right? And the Lord said to me, you know how I have taught you. So we went, spend the money, use it. Along the way, the miracle came through and my tickets were bought um, from, not from within here, but from, uh, from Kurbus who, who just felt on his heart to bless me with the ticket. Now, and we went along and, they were, and then we were just halfway there. So, I can understand what Paul is saying here. That when we preach, we don't come with this. We are so burdened that we need to give you a 10 minute encouragement on giving. Or that when we have finished preaching, we need to tell you we have books and we have this and we have that. And we are doing this in our ministry. Will you support us financially? We don't do those things. Right? That is not our modus operandi. We go, we preach. If you give, you give. If you don't give, we live in Frieda de Jere as Mitchell. That's how we do. Right? And in this house, you, you have known, and you have known, and those who have known for years, there has been no financial pressure placed upon you, even though we personally experience pressure. Are you all with me? So, the testimony is there. We have walked it. We have lived it. So, when I stand here, it's not because I am in need of money. Because I have learned how to trust the Lord. And that's one of the reasons why I operate on Lord. Because if you don't tell me, and I go, and I need finances... I want to be able to put pressure on you. I want to be able to say, Lord, So, make a plan. Right? And that's my relationship with the Lord. And it has worked like sutkuk. Right? It works beautifully, wonderfully. The Lord does not fail. Right? Now, Paul says, Was it maybe a sin that I committed to do this? Let's read the next verse, verses 8. So it was, he came to this church, the Corinthian church, and he preached to them freely. He says, I robbed other churches. Now, okay, he didn't really come with a gun and say, my friend, he saw, Maki Saka Uwap. You know, he's saying, he's saying, I should have actually received it from you. But I had to use it from other people to serve you. And in that sense, I robbed them to do you service, to preach the gospel freely. He said, taking wages from them to minister to you. Right? So, you can see when Paul said that he, he went about preaching without charge, it did not mean that there were nobody that was supporting him financially. Okay? And he says, I minister you, verses 9. And these are scriptures that, like I said before, were never seen. And when I was present with you and in need, 
I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supply. You see these Macedonians. They, the, Macedon, the churches of Macedonia, supplied to his need, to his wants, to the things as he was doing the work of the Lord. And it allowed him to do the things that he needs to do. And in everything I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. Right? And we have taken the stance and we have gone this route. And, and as I have said to you, that we should imitate our, our leaders. And I expect that our leaders here in the house would imitate the same way. That they would put no pressure upon you for their personal finances. But... If you know of their things and so on, please give and help where you can. But we must walk in the same. I have chosen my spiritual father, Tamu Naidu. He operates like that. He functions like that based on understanding of the scriptures. And we have followed in that way. And we have seen the faithfulness of God. The Macedonians... In the manner in which they walked with their leaders, they knew how to honor them and to support their leaders in the work that they need to do. So they were careful. They were aware of what was happening. And the Lord wants me to, to how can I say, institute this way or set this way in us. As we move forward, as we shift, as we have shifted into a new phase and different things are happening, we will travel. Sometimes uh, one or two of us will travel to do as, we, as I feel led to send you to go, to go help some of our brothers that, that are in different places. And the Lord has desired that I should set this in this way and that's why he has opened it up to me so that we can move forward and do and accomplish what we have been mandated to do. The Macedonians knew how to do this. It's one of, it's one of the reasons why they flourished in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read Matthew chapter 10 and verses 5 to 10. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5. So this is the, the chapter where Jesus takes his 12 disciples, ordained them as apostles, and he sends them out. In verses 5, These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans. So the point to be highlighted in verse 5, he sent them out. There's a mandate, there's a sending, there's a going, there's a job to be done. Verse 6, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, that was relevant for that time. After Jesus died on the cross, he opened up the doors for all to accept him as Lord and Savior. Verse 7, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We saw in first. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 to 18 and 19, that preaching is labor. Preaching is work. It's an assignment. Right? 
Uh, I have said in the past, in the beginning days, sometimes my wife was saying, No, vana kom je daait. Daai di kamerait. Then I'll say, and then she will say, you know what, there's so many things that need to be done. Then I will say, you know what, I'm working. I can't help, I love what I do. And because I love it, it's not no bikin muilakom eitakom. So, but it is a labor, it is an effort. Right? It's an effort. And so, yeah, to preach the gospel. And then he says, verses 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So we understand that we must freely do the work. Wherever we go, we must freely do it. We understand that. We receive freely, we give. Verses 9, Provide neither gold nor silver, nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey. Just to see, as it says, yeah, no bag for your journey. Just want to see if we are in the same. No bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor star. For a worker is worthy of his food. Right? So, Jesus is saying to them, don't be concerned about your material needs. I send you, you receive freely, go, preach, preach freely, preach without charge. But don't be concerned, and that's why he says, don't take this stuff with you. Okay? And as they go, in, an, in, a, in Luke chapter 10, it would say, eat whatever they put before you. Because the laborer is worthy of his hire. In other words, go, the people will give to you materially, because I send you to minister freely. Okay, do you understand that? Okay. So this is Jesus. This is not. Let's. That was Paul. But Jesus is saying. That the laborer is worthy of his hire. The worker is worthy of his food. So the material support. It can be materially. It can be food. It can be whatever. And it can be financially. So we are to. We are to understand this. Okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are to understand this. And what is that? Ask them, what is that? The laborer is worthy of his hire. You can't let him work for free. That must be in your mind. I don't come with... I am not going to work. I am not going to preach and nobody gives me anything. Noiti, what's a good day? As a preacher, I don't know. You see, the, that statement is, is for you, not for me. Because eat whatever food they give you. Eat it. It means the people must understand that I send you, but you, that when you labor, you are not to labor for free. Are you all understanding that? Even as the scripture said, we read in the book of Timothy, it said, Honor, uh, let, the, uh, let the elders that rule well, or serve well, let them be worthy of double honor. You, you must not muzzle the ox that treads out the corn. If the, labor, if the ox is laboring, 
van hy moet werk, right? And he must go on working. And and you will find this that this is the this is the the process that the Lord takes every preacher through. How many of you feel you are called to be preachers? Asseblief. Waar die hande? Daar is baie van julle. Steek op die hande. Okay? You must understand, there is a process that which the Lord takes you, where you learn to trust Him. So that you learn not to put people under pressure financially. But you learn rather to teach freely from your heart. Okay? Are you all with me? Now notice Jesus said, who said it? Jesus, the worker is worthy of his food. Is, not, is this not the man that taught us? Do not worry about your food. Is not this the man that taught us sonship? How to trust your father? But yet in his mind he understands. Yes, we trust God. It's our disposition. It's our stance. It is the place from which we do the work. And yes, we understand that we have to trust the Lord. But we also understand that the people must also know their responsibility. Okay, Jesus understood that. Let me tell you, money is not going to fall from the sky. It's not going to rain. I almost went to a song. Right. And I wanted to just replace it with the correct words. Let's not go there. Right? Let's not go there. Money is not going to fall from the sky. If God is going to use somebody, if God is going to provide, He's going to use people. That is just His way. Are you all understanding? Okay? So let's read Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. So even Jesus, who understood what it is to trust the Father, who understood what it is to not worry about your food, your meat, and your drink. Yet he understood also that while, I, that while he is the Son of God, while God is his Father, while God knows what he has need of before he asks, he understood that God is working in the lives of people. So, in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, It says, Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Verses 2, And certain women who had been healed of of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. Verse 3, And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. So here's Jesus preaching, do not worry about what you eat or drink. Do not take care for what you will be clothed with. Here's Jesus saying, your father knows what you have need of. Here's Jesus telling us the way is sonship. Here's Jesus telling us that the Father knows what you have need of before you ask Him. So you don't even need to ask for your food, for the needs, 
Because he understands his responsibility to take care of you. Just as Jesus preaching. Yet Jesus. So, yet Jesus records for us by the Spirit that there were people who supported him in the ministry from his substance. From their substance. Right? From their possessions. The word substance there is possessions, property, financial, wealth, whatever. So when Jesus was preaching, and when Jesus thought that he, for him it did not mean that there were nobody that was supporting him in what he was doing. Okay? So when we teach trust, and when I say to you, I trust, it does not, it does not mean that you, for example, that you, it's not necessary for you to give. You have to understand that the work of the Lord is, is supported by you. Okay? And I even take my own finances, and sometimes finances think, even like last year, I had to take from my own income to support some of the things that we are doing here. You understand? So, and there was no complaint about it. Because in my mind, I'm trying to develop capacity. I am, I actually want to go to a place where the salary that I get here, I'm giving it away the whole time. And then I'm living from what, from how the Lord is supporting me and then I just do. That's my own pressure that I put upon myself. Are you all with me? So, it's not a case because I am constantly trying to develop my capacity to give. I am giving in the giving of grace so that I may increase in the ability to give. I am doing that upon myself. So, so when we teach that we trust the Father, it does not mean that, that we, are not, we do not have a responsibility to give. Okay? So let's read Philippians chapter 4 and verses 10. Now, the Philippians, who are they? They are the churches of Macedonia. The Thessalonians, the Philippians, and then there was Berea and others. These were the cities that were in Macedonia. And there were churches within these different places. And so we read from verses 10. Because when the Lord started speaking to me about the churches of Macedonia, I felt the impression... Go and read Thessalonians. Go and read Philippians. Go and see what they did. How Paul spoke to them. How he ministered. Uh, how was their relationship and so on. So in verse 10 he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though, though you surely did, did care, but you lacked opportunity. So, Paul says about the Macedonian churches that they were careful, they took care, they looked for an opportunity, right, to meet the needs of Paul, to meet the needs of the work. And, and he says in the past they lacked opportunity, but now their, their care, their concern for him is flourishing. Verses 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And it is, 
It's such a good feeling for me to be able to say, I can say that. Right? Not that we speak in need, for we have learned to be content with whatever state we find ourselves. Going on in verses 12, he says, For I know how to be abased and know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be a fool and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. So when things go financially challenged, all we do is, all I learn, I just become content with it. It is what it is. On Sparat Mediyara, we talk to him. He will sort it out in his time or whichever. If it means we must fast, then let's fast or whatever. So we have learned to do that. And we still do do that. The, but now in verses 30 it says, And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when I have much, I have learned how to be able to handle much. When we have little and I need, we've learned how to handle that circumstance that we face. Verses 14, nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. Verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Okay? So, the, the, the city that Paul came to first when he entered Macedonia was the Philippians, Philippi. After that, I think he went to Berea and then Thessalonica. So, he, he was first in Philippians in this city. And he says, you know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. There is a place where you can give and receive. Right? I have experienced, uh, I have experienced that uh, you know, quite often. Uh, it was, it was amazing. one of the times that I experienced that, that giving and receiving, how quickly things return was... Uh, a simple example was in, in the, in COVID time, when we were in lockdown, when the Lord started to speak to me about finances. And what a strange time to talk to somebody about finances when you are locked down and everybody is complaining about it. And the Lord said, and the Lord said to me in their lockdown, it's not time for you to live luxuriously, but it's time for you to take care of the needs of others. Focus thereon. And that's what we did. We bought fridges and, and things and paid, sent regularly money to people, uh, bought food, etc., etc. And not only I, my wife and I, but you as well. We were all so supportive to each other. But then the Lord spoke to me about giving and doing other things. And then when I would give, the, the receiving was as if it was immediate because... As I mentioned to you before, we started out in the first month giving 7,000. In the second month, we ended up, we gave away 9,000. In the third month, we gave away 12,000. In the fourth month, we gave away somewhere around 15 or so. Can't remember the exact. And in the fifth month, it went to 19,000 that we had given away helping and supporting people. 
Right? Without telling anybody what? It is our conversation with the Lord. We talk to the Lord and we do in secret. As I taught you. Do the things in secret. And there is a place where you can give and receive. And Paul says no church came close to this position. This kind of giving and receiving. But you guys. The, the Philippian church. You were, you were those people that when you gave, you also received. And Paul also experienced that when he gave, he received. There was this cycle, right? And he, he said to them that you were able to do this. Then verses 16, as he went on. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessity. My necessities. So, this, while he was in Thessalonica, there were the church, uh, the, tes- the church of Thessalonia, or the Thessalonians, he, the Philippians were sending to him material or financial, they were sending support. And Paul said, I've received from them, from you, that which I needed and lacked. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So he says, in my, in my teaching and explaining to you this, and voicing this to you, I am not seeking, it's because I need something. At this moment, I don't need something. Okay? So, I'm chill to speak to you. Okay? Right? He said, not that I need something. He's saying, he's saying, but I desire that fruit may abound to your account. Okay? Tell the person next to you, fruit to your account. Verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. He's now in a place where he's overflowing. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing. Listen to that. That when you support and do things like that, the Lord says it is a sweet aroma. Sweet-smelling aroma. An an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Now, who thought that your material support would be a sweet smell? We thought only it's our praises. Only our lifting up of our hands or clapping of hands and how we exalt and praise Him. Or if you present your body as a living sacrifice. But even your material support is, your material and financial support is a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable by God. You remember Cain and Abel? Cain gave and the Bible says, the Lord said, and the Bible says, and God rejected Cain and his offering. But with Abel, he said, he accepted him and, and his offering. Are you all with me? So, it is a sweet-smelling sacrifice, and it's something that I've learned over the years we, we practice regular giving. Giving for us is not an event. It is whatever happens. And this is the kind of people that, that the Lord wants us to be. To people that give to one another. 
that when we see a need that someone has, that we'll be able to give. But that we'll also be a people that know how to give to the work of the Lord and how to support the leaders and what they do to accomplish the mandate. So there is a personal mandate that a, that a preacher has. And we as a family, we all labor. We all work. We all must, must tell people about Jesus. We all must pray for somebody. We all must do. And so we all have a work. But in this case, it is saying that we should support our leaders financially. In other words, if, if giving and supporting your leaders financially and the work that they do is a sweet-smelling sacrifice, what is it then when you withhold it? Because when you give, it's a sweet smell. Now, I am not saying like you must every single day. You know, let's just... Uh, let's, uh, I don't, I personally don't believe in thy, you know, they are, they are what you call those event givers. Must I explain event givers to you? Event givers are, if there's a special moment, you know, like, like last year we had the Thanksgiving. That was a, a moment and a, a time to give. Let's bring an offering and give Thanksgiving to the Lord. And it was from the Lord. You know, and in times like that, you would see how, what is the size of the offering that you can bring to say thank you to the Lord. And we would do that and it was all good in the will of God. Praise God. But I have seen over the years that, for example, we'll have a conference. And in the conference, we would, you know, some would feel they would give their the, the man of God that is preaching, they will give the sizable offering that the year but I am not a believer. There are moments where God leads you to do that. And I have done that. And I have seen an immediate um, result. But I am, the, I am the kind of person that says, no, we're not going to start here with this big stuff. We're just going to say, hey, uh, look at the finances, see how it is. Okay, let's start with, let's start with a certain amount. So example, a thousand and let's go. Here we go. Let's do this regularly. Whenever we have, let's do it. And let's make it a way of life. And as time goes along, we find that the, that the ability to give more starts to arise. And then we find ourselves giving more and giving more. It is the, because it is not in the event, it is in the consistency that you practice of something. You've got to understand it. It's got to be a lifestyle. And, we underst- and I understand, and my wife and I, we understand it's a lifestyle of giving. You give yourself, you give your, from what you have, and you give financially. So brothers and sisters, if you are a person that, gives, that doesn't give at all, it is not good. It is not good. You have to be, you have to be someone that gives. And the word of God says, that we should be careful. We should take responsibility. It is, it, is, it is wrong of us to consistently allow someone to labor and never give in return. Can I? Right? It is wrong. It is not correct. It is. 
that is not uh, the way of the Lord. And then as I said to you before, none of you here, none of you here will labor for a month. And then, and then uh, just say, no, it's okay, I worked for free. Is there somebody here? Right? You say no. And, and the behavior that will manifest, the flesh that will come forth, because I didn't get what I need, yet we give you no flesh. We give you zero flesh. We rather let the smoke of our flesh go up to him. And let ons my in the suffering, the fire. Let the flesh burn that we know how to trust him and create smoke in that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? And brothers and sisters and family, I want to say to you that it is not correct. It's not correct for us to do that. We must understand our responsibility. We desire for the Lord to bless us. But we do not, but we have no interest in the things that he is busy with. Right? Are you all with me? And we must be those kind of people. I heard one preacher said that God is like this. When you are concerned with his work, then he's concerned with your things. But when you are concerned with your things, then he gets concerned with his things. Right? Okay, so if we read on verses 19, and what will happen? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's what the Lord says. When you do these things, when you give to his work, when you give to, to ensure that leaders are well taken care of so that they can focus and concentrate. Now, I remember in 2018 when the Lord shifted us and we came to a place where we had leftovers. Okay? You know, leftovers is, is where you have money for everything and you have money left over. And, and just kind of shifted our, own, our, our whole life into a place of what you would say like comfort. And I remember it was kind of a challenge for me because I had to learn now in my comfort to pursue him. I had to learn in my comfort to be zealous for his things. And it, uh, it was a little bit of a challenge, to be honest with you. And, you know, the comfort can make you lazy, can make you chill back, relax. Alice must know, okay, I don't need to seek the Lord for my bread. Alice is not there. Right? And we had to learn to do that. So the abundance is now not a problem. Right? The abundance and the more than enough is not a problem. But in giving, we must know that God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. When you are able to understand that you must take responsibility. Now one of the things, that, one of the reasons why the Lord gave me this is because he had called me, he had told me last year it is now time for you to travel. And and the Lord started causing me to see these things. When I saw this four months ago, okay, there are some things about the Macedonian churches that I'm not going to share with you because I don't feel it's relevant for us here on a Sunday and so on. So there are some things I just feel this will be 
on like the apostolic table and so on, or for leaders. But when I saw this four months ago, the Lord started to tell me, no, you also need to start tracking your spiritual father and seeing what he is doing and when he does. So four months ago, I already started taking money from, from the money that we gather not only tithing, but then seeing, oh, he's traveling to Spain or whatever. And they say, there I send a money that supports the travel for the work. And then I would do that from our income here, from the church. And then I would do it from my personal income. Not only tithe, but they say, okay, he's going there and send an offering. Why? Because I want to increase my ability to give. So I'm not interested... So I'm not interested so much in us being rich. I want to, I want to get to a place, I want to get a place where I can buy your house. I'll tell you. And that is, and that is not a, that is not a, that's not a, a, a boastful statement. It's the manner in which I want to develop in Christ. Right? And that is not a, that is not a pressure I place upon you. To ensure that I am able to do that. My conversations are always with the Lord. Lord, how? And the Lord shows ways and then I start implementing them into my life. And I know. And sometimes I put pressure on myself to do that. But, so I've already started. We, you, you don't know that, but we've already been doing it now for four months. I've been taking the income from this church. And I've been sending money to our Father in the faith. To our oversight over us. Tamu Naidu. And we've been sending and saying, Lord, here we go. Let's do it. We do it now regularly. Every month we do it. So we need, and, and, and I'm just fine about it. And I understand that that's the way. That's what I heard and that's what I'm going to do. And we need to do the same. And so the Lord had, had revealed this message to me. So that I could say to you, as we travel, brothers and sisters, you must be aware Right? These things don't happen out of the sky. They happen, and, the, and I have seen over the years that the Lord, that those who are faithful to do these things, the Lord increases. Right? And, and the Lord says, He will take care of your needs. Right? So I am sharing this with you. Uh, I am being straightforward with you. I am not beating around the bush and, so that you can wonder. I am telling you how it is. I am telling you how I received it. And I'm giving it straight to you. Wherever you are, you need to know. You cannot keep eating the word of the Lord and never give financially to it. Okay? And we cannot have a handful of people carrying weight when all of us enjoy the things that God is going to do for us. All of us are participating. And whether you give or don't give, Whatever we trust for, we trust for all of us. Okay? And so we are being called to consider our ways. We are being called to see and to look. And let me just end off with 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So God will supply your need. Paul said, when you give, when you support Your giving is a sweet-smelling sacrifice, and my God will supply all your needs. He will meet everything that you have. And I'm teaching this once, 
I am giving it to you once. I am not going to pressure you again. I am not going to say anything about it. You hear it because we are not here to manipulate you. We are not here to suck the money out of your pockets. I am telling you what the word of the Lord says. What God said to me. And we leave it at that. And we will take it from there. Further on. I know what the Lord expects of me. I know He expects of me to travel. I know He expects these things of me. And, and He's going to get pressure from me to meet the needs. I'm not, I'm not going to pressure you. Okay? But, as a good father, I will tell you what needs to be said. Okay? So, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And verses 7. Whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock, that which comes out of the flock, who starts a business and says, I have no right to eat from my business. Is anybody here interested in starting something that you have no right to participate in. Right? It says, no. Who plants a vineyard and does not eat? The word is eat. Remember, what's his name? Is it Lot? No? Noah. Noah after the flood, who planted a vineyard. The Bible says, he drank. You know what happens when you drink from the vineyard? Who handed? No? Who like it? Right? You're intoxicated. You don't, you don't think right. You say things and you, your flesh comes out. You say you must eat from it. There's a healthy way. <laughs> we say, yeah. Right? Right? When you overindulge yourself, in your abundance, you intoxicate your mind and you start thinking like a fool. Right? No, you are to progressively healthy in a way as you advance. Eat of the blessing of God. Who plants a vineyard? And in context, verses 8, what does he say? So who is a farmer, has cows, milks the cow, and then says... Oh, I wens ek kan van die melk drink. No. He drinks from the milk that he has brought forth. You understand? So, we labor that God may increase you. We labor that God may free you, set you free, bring you into places. Right? Do I say these things as a mere man or does not the law say the same also? So, can the law also speak to our context, into our context? Sometimes people say, no, it's a vet. The vet is forbid. The law is done. We can't use the law. Here Paul is using the law. He says, does not the law say the same also? Verses 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. It is, is it oxen God is concerned about? No. Verses 10. 
Or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope. In other words, the man that labors, the people that labor, that they may labor in hope. Just like you labor at your workplace with the hope of earning your wages. And he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. Okay? So, in, while he understands this, again as I say, while this is a right, this right is not exercised in the way it should be. Or, or we, we choose not to. We would rather suffer and give you the gospel freely so that you would not be so that the word of the Lord can work in your life. Verses 11. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Look what Paul says. You say this is why he's talking about oxen. This is the one who plants the vineyard. He's saying in the context. He's saying in this context that we sow to you spiritual things. We bring to you the word of God. We labor in these things. We, we hear what God wants to do or how he wants to. And, and so on, etc. Is it now a strange thing that we should reap material things? Okay? Verses 12. If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right. And that is our manner in which we walk. But endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Imagine in my financial difficulty, I come and complain the whole time about how tough it's going and how what and... And here, brothers, it gaan so slecht. Daar is die brood op die tafel And then I say, let's preach. Who's going to have, who's going to have an easy time listening to the word? God wants to bless you. Come through. Die pastoor sikkel dan. You know? But I've learned that the material circumstances is not an indicator Of the word that God is releasing. Because even Paul, a man who walked in signs and wonders, who understood the miraculous, left people sick. And said, I had to leave the brother sick to go and preach the gospel. Now, it's not an indicator that something is wrong. As God takes us further, And higher, he has to work on our character and strengthen our character. Do you understand that? He has to strengthen our character. So we understand that process that we go through. And we do not do blame shifting. Verses 13. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things... Now, he's speaking about the tabernacle, the temple in the Old Testament, when they had a tabernacle. The ministering of the holy things, the sacrifices that they brought, the first fruits that they brought, the, the, the burnt offerings that they bring, the drink offerings that they brought. He said, brought to present the holy thing, the, 
holy things eat of the things of the temple. Now who's the temple? We are the temple. We. Right? And in the temple, amongst the people, there are people that are ministering the holy things of God. And those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. So in other words, in the Old Testament, God instituted like this, that whatever offerings and sacrifices they had to bring, He said that those who ministered in the temple and and the altar, that what was brought, they had to partake. So if you brought the cow, they partook of the cow. If you brought the goat or whatever, your grain offering, your oil offering, your wine offering, all these things, they were partakers so that they could live. Because in the Old Testament, God said, every Levite that works in the temple may not have land may not go work, may not have another vocation other than focusing on the holy things of God in his temple. Therefore, the people must support what they do for how shall they live. Are you all with me? Okay? Verses 14, I think last verse, it says, Even so the Lord has commanded... That those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. The Lord has commanded. Tell the person next to you, the Lord has commanded. Okay, the Lord has commanded. Almost 16, 17 years later, the Lord has brought forth the command. Okay. Are you all with me? So brothers and sisters, as we move forward, I, you all know that, that we will be traveling and I want to, I don't want to travel secretly. I want to, if I ask someone to preach, we want, we're going to let you all know who's preaching. And we understand our responsibility to come and listen and to come and build what we are doing. Right, our culture. We, we are now stepping to a place where we are considered as fathers. That behavior is for babies. Right? Babies say, Oh, Pastor Zidani, Monsalikhani. Well, whoever stands here, if I put him, if I call him to preach, I call him to preach as one who was sent to give you a word. Amen? Okay? So we, we cannot. Go around like this. Say, hey, you, no, 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 no. Right, we want to put it up. I'm going to let you know. I'm traveling. I'm going here. If you can give, if you have to give, if you don't want to give, it's fine. But we are, we are just putting it out there so that we can do, so that everybody knows what's happening and that we can move forward. I told you, I was asking the Lord, it's as a belief. As a belief. But I did not reveal the, the release. So let's stand. Let's stand. I speak to you as a father. Uh, nothing hiding from you. Speaking openly and plainly and honestly to you. This is in the manner in which we must operate and function as KGM. 
the Lord is desiring that we should be a template and a model. Other people must come and see how the saints operate and function and walk with their leaders. Other people must come and see how we love one another, how we care for one another, how we give to one another, how we pray for one another. We must be that example. And so the Lord is calling us to this example and we must take this calling seriously and move forward with it. Amen? So Father, I pray, I pray that I have done what you have asked of me to do I bless your people. Father, I pray that now further the Holy Spirit will speak the things that need to be spoken. We have talked and we have revealed and shared the things that you have revealed to us by your Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that you, our God, will supply all our needs according to your riches in glory. I am thankful, Lord, that in this week, as we have fasted, that you have spoken to our hearts in many different ways. And you have clearly um, confirmed and spoken the things. I once again just say thank you for aggressive advancement in the weeks and months ahead that we will behold and see in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.